Welcome to the RYM Student Podcast, helping you fit God's truth into your life. Reflecting on biblical truth is vital for the life of the believer. We hope this podcast will encourage you in your walk with Jesus. The following was recorded at one of Reformed Youth Ministries conferences. The audio might not be clear, but the message is. We hope you enjoy it. Here's what your handout says about limited atonement. Christ's atoning death actually secured the salvation of those that God has elected for salvation. So we're asking the question, a couple of questions we're kind of asking as we answer this, uh, or as we look at this point. Did Jesus come to make salvation possible? Or did Jesus come to actually save? Did Jesus come to make salvation possible? Or did Jesus come to actually save? Another question that we're asking is, for whom did Christ die? For whom did Christ die? Limited atonement answers the question like this. Christ died for the elect. Christ died for the elect. Um, Which, by implication, means that although Christ's death was sufficient for all, it was only effectual. It only worked. It was only meant or intended for his people. So, we see the name of Jesus. What's Jesus' name? The angel says in Matthew, He shall be called Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. Jesus' mission, the Father said, Hey, I'm sending you on a mission. And your mission is this. Go save my people. Go save my people. So Jesus comes and He saves His people from their sins. He actually secures the redemption that God the Father has elected us unto. Now, that, this, this, the implication is that, like, let me say this again, because I want you to make sure you hear it, is that Jesus did not die effectually for the world. Jesus did not die for the world in general. He died for all types of people, but not the world in general. Yikes. Kind of scary. We're going to look at this in three ways. Biblically, theologically, and logically. Biblically, theologically, and logically. Okay? Now, I'm, from the get-go, I'm going to say this. There is less biblical proof text evidence for limited atonement than there is for unconditional election. That's unconditional election all over the Bible. There's a little less for limited atonement. But that doesn't mean that it's not in the Bible. It's just like the Trinity. Like the Trinity is in the Bible, but you never see like the Trinity. You know what I mean? Like you never like see like this obvious kind of clear definition of the Trinity in the Bible. But the Trinity is all over the place. So what you have to do is you have to get to limited atonement through a little bit of like you got to do a little bit more legwork to get there. It's there, but you have to do some more legwork. Okay, so we're going to start biblically. We'll start biblically. I'm just going to do a couple for you. Um, John 10. I'll give her the hard-hitting one first. John 10, verse 11. You can turn there if you would like. Jesus says this. He's having a discussion, extended discussion with, with, um, with the, the rulers of the temple, Pharisees and stuff like that. And he says this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Who does Jesus lay down his life for? The sheep. Great. Later on in the discourse, Jesus says this, verse 26. You do not believe because you are not among my sheep. You do not believe because you are not among my sheep. Who does Jesus lay down his life for? The sheep. And then there's a group of people Jesus is talking to who he says, you are not among my sheep. Okay? So, very clear here that Jesus lays down his life for a sheep. Not everyone is one of his sheep. The sheep that Jesus has hear his voice, respond to his call. 
okay? And it doesn't say it the opposite way around. It doesn't say, okay, so you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. That's an important order. It doesn't say you are not among my sheep and therefore you do not believe. Wait, because you do not believe, right? So it's not like, it's not, it's not like anyone can believe and once they believe they become part of a sheep. He's kind of saying the opposite way around. He's saying, I'm going to die for my sheep and you're not part of my sheep. Super intense. Very important to kind of like let that hit you. Okay? Here's another one. Acts 20, 28. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock to feed the church of the Lord, which he obtained for himself with his own blood. Okay? For whom did Jesus obtain for himself with his own blood? The church. Who? No, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Jesus obtained the church with his own blood. Ephesians 5, 25-27. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Who did Jesus give himself up for? The church, right? We're kind of like gelling with these biblical passages. Great. Revelation 5, 9. This is kind of an important one. These are the saints praising Jesus in heaven. You were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Okay, so Jesus was slain and ransomed people for God from every tribe, people, language, and nation. So if if you want to conceptualize this, draw a big circle. And in that big circle is every single person in the entire cosmos, right, who's like lived and died. Every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. When Jesus died, Jesus shed his blood. By his blood, you ransomed the people for God from that big circle. So now draw a littler circle, concentric circle, within the big circle. Those are the people for whom Jesus has secured redemption. Okay? Not everyone in the big circle, but those the elect, which is called the church, the people for whom he died, is from that bigger circle. Biblical, biblical evidence, right? For more information on RYM student conferences, visit rym.org forward slash conferences.